Well, greetings, Grace Church. We're so glad that you have taken time out to be a part of this service today. And I've asked Janie just to join me for the first couple minutes so we can just greet you. We miss you so badly. And we've had a chance over the last week or two just to see different people in the store or one or two would drop by the house to deliver something. Or it just made us so happy. It did. And then seeing all their faces up there. It just breaks my heart, one, because we love everybody, and two, we miss everybody, right? Right. Oh, man, I, I just can't go on because I'm, I'm, I'm hurt inside. Okay, <laughs> so you, talk. you need to get yourself. I need to recompose. Get yourself. All yeah. right. Well, let me just say thank you to, to all of you watching. We know Grace Church is watching and our friends and our family that are watching. Um, it just means the world to us that you stop by and, and you, you, you're with us. So we know that we're not alone through this pandemic. We are together. And that the Facebook people that watch, you know, right now Marcus is talking and chatting with you. Just kind of hit that. Um, somehow my daughter Jill said you can hit the heart button or something and just blow it up and just say, we love you, Pastor Mark. Boom, boom, boom. Let's see a bunch of hearts go. All right. We're, and it's a delay, so I know you're doing that. But... Um, we just so appreciate his heart because to me, I have to preach next week, and, and I almost just said no because I don't know how to preach to just these 10. I mean, y'all are good, but... <laughs> they're great. Um, yeah, they're amazing. We have a great team. But just for him to be able to do this and get up here and preach every week like as if the house is full, it, to me, is just amazing. Don't know how that'll go next week, but... You'll do great. Oh, yeah. You're amazing. And so I just think it's been... Um, a great time just to get alone with God and get to walk together as a husband and wife. And I hope y'all are doing the same thing. But we've gotten some wonderful, um, on Facebook, we don't do Facebook, but we've gotten some reports that when you do put a message on Facebook, then Emily or Jessica or some of our family bring that to us. So so we get to see it. And, and like, um, got a couple last week that just said thanks for what we're doing. And that just means the world to us that, that you're watching and that, that you feel our love because that's what Amen. our heart is, that we're trying to um, connect with you the best we can. And if you need anything, please, please, please don't hesitate to call us. Just like Pastor said, when, when you, we're in the store and we see one of you, we just get so excited. We get in the car and go, oh, wasn't that so awesome? So um, we just thank you for your little comments and um, Facebook people. We love you for your little chats. And, um, and are you composed? I'm better. Okay, he's good to go. Yeah, go sorry. back over here. Love y'all. <laughs> thank Am you. Good? Yeah, okay. thank you. Love you. Give Janie a hand clap. Yeah, where yeah. you're at in your living room. Hearts thank you, honey. She's going to bring a good word next week. It's going to be amazing. And so, thank you again. Thank you for uh, just who you are. The pictures, that song, the worship set. Uh, our team, our team here, we give a shout out to. They do such a great job. They work so hard on Sunday morning. So thank you guys for all you do. Uh, worship team, uh, got to see some different board members over the last couple weeks and talk to them. Just so many, so many great things. And so uh, this too shall pass and we will get together at some point in time and uh, we're excited. So uh, again, thank you. I get emotional. I'm not sure why. It could be the coffee or it could just be that I miss you. And I think that's probably it. So praise God. So we're going to uh, finish the blessed series today. 
Janie will speak next week, and then her and I will do uh, the week after that, kind of just a, a back and forth on some of the things that we're learning through this whole uh, together time, coronavirus, COVID-19 time. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Second Kings. Uh, we're going to go to the seventh chapter. I want to talk to you today on how to be blessed in desperate times, because I feel like this is desperate times that we're in, and maybe you're just feeling alone, like Janie mentioned, or maybe you're feeling desperate, or maybe you're feeling depressed. I want to give you some ideas, some thoughts that maybe will help you with that. So 2 Kings 7, starting with verse 3 now, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. They said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall also die. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die anyway. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story, Lord, that we know is true. We thank you, Lord, for your love for us and the fact that, Lord, you watch over us. I pray you bless every person within the sound or sight of my voice. Keep them, Lord. Let them persevere. Let them run through. Let them be alive in you, Father God. Lord, this too shall pass. We thank you for strengthening us, Lord, in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. When I was 24, in fact, it was May of two months after my 24th birthday, so 35 years ago, quite a long time ago, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was 24 years old, two months after my 24th birthday, and Jenny and I had been going on our fifth year of marriage. By the way, in three months, we'll have been married 40 years, so honey, God bless you for sticking with me for 40 years. Uh, and, and I don't say that we're experts, but when you're married the, that length of time, you learn some type of perseverance. You've overcome some obstacles. Well, when I was 24, our oldest, Jill, was three and a half years old. Our uh, second oldest, Jessica, was a month from turning two. And our youngest at the time, Marcus, was six months old. I, I was out of work. Um, I had worked working odd and in jobs, uh, so we had no other subsidy income. In other words, we weren't on any government assistance, so I'd work day jobs. I would work for different people for cash, so I was looking for a job. Interest rates in the mid-'80s were still in the 17 18%, so nobody was gainfully employed, at least in, in my area. And so uh, I was out of, uh, out of work. Uh, the car that we drove had no reverse uh, it was the 73 Malibu Classic, one of our, my favorite cars of all time, not because it was good looking, uh, because it was powder puff blue, but because it had no reverse and it taught me some things. And the house that we uh, were living in at the time, they were waiting for us to move out so that they could tear it down and enlarge the parking lot in which it sat. And so I was 24, Jenny was 22, we had three kids, no job, the car had no reverse, 
and I, uh, I, uh, the house that we were moving, living in was going to be tore down. I saw a car one day with a bumper sticker on it that said, uh, too blessed to be stressed. And I thought, dear Lord, <laughs> that is certainly not me. I am way too stressed to ever be blessed. And although I don't agree with that bumper sticker because I think even blessed people walk through stressed times and I think that stressed people can still be blessed, I think there is a code there that maybe just through the grace of God and not strategic planning on our part, and I'll tell you this, Janie did a wonderful job uh, letting the kids think that we were blessed letting the kids think that we did have way more than what we actually have, and letting the kids think that their, their home was as happy as can be. And so I want to tell you this, good things don't make a happy home. Happy people that love Jesus make a happy home. Amen? And so I learned a couple of things in this realm. I want to teach them to you today because at the age of 24, I was going through a personal pandemic. No job, five mouths to feed. Uh, the car didn't have reverse. Again, the house that we were living in, they asked us to move out of so that they could tear down. So usually don't tear down really good homes. You tear down houses that need, probably need to be tore down or there's room for expansion. So like these lepers, I want to give you three things today. And by the way, I'm researching lepers, the leprosy is a, is a really a strange a sickness. Uh, it, it kind of mysteriously went away in the 1600s, with the exception of a few countries in Africa. But it's a flesh-eating disorder. Uh, it, it, it can be spread contagiously, uh, much like the coronavirus. And so in the culture of the day, even this day in Second Kings, they had the six-foot rule. All lepers had to stay within six feet of someone who didn't have leprosy. In fact, they lived in their own colony. But when someone came by, they had to yell, unclean, unclean. There was a six-foot rules. So there was social distancing some 3,000 years ago. We'll talk about a leper too that Jesus healed here in a moment. But these four lepers did some things that were really, really cool that maybe you're going through an anxious time today. And how can I be blessed if I'm, if I'm so stressed? What, what's going to happen? I want to give you some keys that I think lasted in our life over the last 40 years that allowed us to get to this place. And by no means are we experts and by no means have we made it. But I want to give you an idea today, if you're, if you're taking notes, that you might want to write down these things. They're very simple but profound. The first thing is, don't ever give up. Don't ever, ever, ever give up. In fact, no one has more authority over your life than you do. And I like what these lepers do. I like the fact they, they say we could sit here and die, or we can endure the famine and die, or we can go into the Syrian camp and maybe we'll die there, but we have to do something. Now, I want to explain this too for a second, that giving up doesn't mean a change of course. Sometimes people have to change a relationship, or sometimes they have to change a venue, or sometimes they have to change a location, or sometimes they have to change an attitude. And so giving up doesn't mean change might not happen, but the Bible here says that these guys refuse to give up. Don't ever, 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 ever give up. I think that's the one thing that my wife and I learned over the last nearly 40 years of marriage is that we just don't give up. Just, just don't give up. 
If the only one in the fight is you, just don't give up. If the only one in the fight is you and your spouse, just don't give up. If the only one in the fight is you and your family, just don't give up. And through this time where 30 million Americans are laid off and 1.1 million Americans have uh, contracted the coronavirus and 68,000 Americans have died and it's a worldwide pandemic, all you have to do right now is don't give up. And I know that maybe it's easier said than done, but take it from someone who's been there in a personal pandemic, a personal uh, catastrophe, a personal disaster with no job, a car that doesn't have reverse, a house they're going to tear down, three mouths to feed, only 24 years old and out of work and employment uh, high and interest rates 18%. Do not ever give up. If you can never give up, you give God a chance. I like the fact, I've used it before, of the bat analogy and swinging at the plate. You know, God doesn't say strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out. God just like the, God treats us like we did with our little kids when they were playing a t-ball or baseball and we would pitch them the ball and if they would miss it, we'd pitch it again. They'd miss it, we'd pitch it again. They'd miss it, we'd keep on pitching. And as long as they didn't set the bat down, we would keep on throwing until they hit. Don't ever, ever, ever give up. If you can recognize in life, but I'm not going to give up. But I'm going to stand in this thing. I'm going to make it work some way, somehow. I'm going to keep swinging the bat and swinging the bat and swinging the bat, not until you put the bat down. The Bible says in Proverbs that a righteous man falls seven times but gets up after every one. In other words, you can't knock a good person down. They're going to keep getting up. Let me give you just a couple things I've written down about people who never gave up. Do you know Dr. Seuss, Theodore Geisel, was turned down 28 times before he, someone accepted his first children's book, and he has sold over 600 million copies. 600 million copies after being turned down 28 different times. Colonel Sanders started his first Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe, the 11 herbs and spices, when he was 65 years old with a, uh, a uh, stimulus check from the government for $109. Isn't that cool? Today, 21,000 Kentucky Fried Chickens. Walt Disney was fired. Oprah Winfrey was fired. Walt Disney for not being creative enough. Here's the guy that not only owns Disney, of course he's passed away, but Disney owns like 20 other companies, ABC, Fox. They own multiple uh, record recording movies, all those things. And here's a guy that got fired for not being creative, and Oprah Winfrey got fired for not being a good journalist. I wonder if the people that fired them ever got fired. <laughs> We're talking about great people who never, ever, ever, ever gave up. J.K. Rowling, you may or may not like her books or movies, the Harry Potter series. She was living in her car after the 26th person denied her, her, her book with her two children, living in a car, no place to live. Today she's worth $2.2 billion. And other than Oprah Winfrey is the, is the richest self-made woman billionaire in the history of mankind, other than Oprah. That's pretty good company. Never, ever, ever, ever give up. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone to the store sometimes, not very often. Sometimes uh, Janie will take a shortcut on dessert. Again, not very often. And once every great while, we'll buy a Marie Callender frozen pie. And so I researched the story of Marie Callender. I, I didn't know even there was a Marie Callender. I just thought that was the name. 
Marie Callender actually worked for a cheeseburger diner. We kind of call them a greasy spoon. The Greasy Spoon was going out of business. In fact, the owner said, hey, we have 30 days. We're going to wrap up shop. It's just not working out. She had worked there for a couple years, and she'd been toying with the idea of making some pies and baking some pies. And So she asked if she could bring in a pie the next day, in part to have the people taste it, in part just to kind of celebrate their, their cohesiveness over the last couple of years. And the, the owner said, sure, bring it in. So she brought a pie in, cut it into eight slices, and it was gone just like that. The next day, she brought in two pies, and it was gone just like that. The next day, she brought in four pies, and the people actually started coming into the diner where all of a sudden, now they like the cheeseburger, but they're really coming for the pie. Marie Callender, who never, ever gave up, today owns 120 restaurants, and her pies are in nearly every grocery store's frozen section. Don't ever, 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 ever give up. I don't know her name. I'm not sure of it. I my brother Tommy and uh, my son Andrew and I were talking one day, and Tommy was telling me of, a, of an artist in Kansas City who started at the age of 65. And I don't know if he gave us her name or not, but today she's a world-renowned world artist, and she started at 65 in Kansas City, Missouri. Don't ever, ever give up. See, these lepers, they said, we could sit here and die. We could join the famine and die. We could go inside the tent, and, and maybe we'll, we'll die inside the camp, but, but we're not going to. we got to do something. And maybe during this coronavirus, maybe during this time where we can't meet uh, collectively, but we meet individually, don't ever give up. Number two is be bold and have courage. Courage releases revelation and insight. Be bold and have courage. These guys were bold. These guys decided that they were going to get up and start walking towards the camp. And I like that fact. I like that boldness. I like the fact that they, they started to move somewhere. They didn't know for sure what they were going to do, but they knew that they were going to do it. We're going to do something. I think it's failure when we decide not to do anything. But it's not failure if we decide to do something. I'm just, I'm going to do something. I, I'm not sure what it's going to do. You're, you're talking about a guy who's, who's been laid off before. You're talking about a guy who maybe didn't find himself until he was 30. And we're, and we're having kids and I'm not having a job. And we're trying to make ends meet. And we're, we're staying together. We're staying connected. But I know during this time when people are getting laid off, maybe you just have to be bold. Maybe you have to be strong. Maybe you have to be courageous. Maybe you just have to pray the unprayable prayer. Maybe you have to be daring during this time. Maybe you got struck with bad news this week or this month, and maybe they said, hey, we don't need you anymore. You're on furlough. Or maybe the car payment's due, or maybe the, the kids need braces. I don't know. But maybe, just maybe, you can start praying prayers that are more bolder than you a friend named Ron. We went to high school together, and uh, Ron, was, Ron was just a little bit out there, a great guy, a really loyal friend, but he was just a little bit, um, just a little bit edgy, and apparently one day in English class, he had, he had learned the word humongous bodacious, and he would draw out that A, bodacious, humongous bodacious. We didn't even think it was a word. Well, it means extremely bold and daring, Extremely large, humongous, and, and, and boldly audacious, okay? So he was a, extremely bold and daring, and, and he would throw this word around, and sometimes it fit the sentence and sometimes it, but I wonder if we shouldn't pray humongous, bodacious prayers in our life. Why don't you pray the unprayable? Why not be a Marie Callender? Why not start a business with $109 like uh, Colonel Sanders did? Why not try something? We can talk about it all day long, but until we actually do it, why not be bold? Why not have courage? I think of Joshua. 
in the first chapter, Joshua, Moses died. For 40 years, Moses was the leader. For 40 years, he had the people's attention. Now, Moses, your servant, is dead, God tells Joshua. You're the leader now. Joshua says, okay, I'm tired of wandering in the wilderness. In three days, we're going to go over that land. God tells him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and be very courageous. He knew what was going to take place. He knew what was going to happen. Joshua had to defeat 33 different kings. He won 39 different battles. But one time he fought five kings in Joshua, the 10th chapter. Five kings ganged up on him. And you know what it's like when the world, the life, just pressure gangs up on you. You know what it's like when people come to you and it's just like, oh, it's overwhelming. Joshua was tired. Joshua was, was spent. But as long as Joshua stayed awake, as long as Joshua fought in the daylight, his battle with his, 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 his men were winning. And by the way, he was outnumbered five to one. And sometimes we feel like the numbers are against us. Sometimes we just feel like, man, I can't do it anymore. I don't know if I can go one more step. I don't know. But Joshua prays the most bold and courageous prayer there is. He asked God to stop the sun because he knew his battle, his, his army was winning as long as the light sh shined, as long as the sun stood still. And that's exactly what he says in Joshua, the 10th chapter, sun, stand still. Now that's a bold prayer. That's a humongous, bodacious prayer. That's a prayer that maybe only a few people could ever have prayed. Sun, stand still. And the sun stood still. Now, I, going back a few years, NASA confirmed that two different times for how they did it in their scientific mind, it's above my pay grade. But the sun had stood still two different times, once when Hezekiah, and NASA actually confirmed, yes, the sun in this particular case would have stayed still, and then in this particular case, the sun would have stayed still. The sun stood still for Joshua because he was bold enough to pray. Maybe it starts little. Maybe it starts in, in what we would consider not a bold prayer. Maybe we would consider something just like this. Lord, just help me get through today. Lord, help me with, help me with my child, uh, homeschool. Some of you are working full-time at home, and some of you are also now becoming full-time uh, homeschool parents. So you're working full-time. You're uh, full-time parents. Some of you are, it's like, I, is, is my spouse going to lose his or her job? What's going to happen? There's all these uncertainties. And maybe just be bold. And I'll tell you what my wife and I do is we pray Psalms 91 over our family, and I think she's going to talk about that next week. We pray it over our household. We pray it over our church. But we're very specific in our hedge of protection and our shield of favor. We want to be bold, and we want to have courage. And Joshua may have been one of the most bold people in scriptures that scripture doesn't really talk about his bold prayer. Sun stands still. He killed those five kings that day. And the culture of the day was then to hang him outside of town until sundown, then take him down. And that's what he did. And there might be five kings in your life. There might be something that's depression. There might be something that's anxiety. There might be something that's fear. There might be something that's neglect. There might be something that's alone. There might be five kings in your life. I don't know what they are. There might be something that you just have to kill today. The way to kill it, though, is to be bold. The way to kill it is to attack it by the word of God. Father, you said in your word, that no, no evil could rise up against me. You said in your word, Father, that you'd build a hedge of protection around about me. Lord, I'm going to be bold today. I'm going to be strong today. I want to be bold. I like when the four lepers stood up. Now remember, leprosy is a, is a flesh-eating disorder that's highly contagious. 
And these guys were in their famine. So they were, they were dying not only through their leprosy, but they were also dying for lack of nutrition. And they were outside of the camp. And the camp was the enemy, by the way, because these guys were Israelites. And they looked at each other and said, if we go into the camp, maybe we die, but maybe we'll find something to eat. We know that camp has famine, and we know this camp is no good. Let's go over there and find out. So as they rose up, as they got up, the Bible says in the sixth verse, for the Lord made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses and the sound of a great army, so that they said one to, no, one to another, behold, the king has hired someone against us. When you stand by faith, when you make a bold statement, you bring all heaven to attention. You bring all heaven to attention to so where all of a sudden they start to make noise. And we know that that didn't really happen that way, but heaven heard it that way. Heaven made the Syrians happen that way. And whenever you take a step out of faith, heaven stands to attention. In fact, Hebrews says there's a cloud of witnesses that overlook us. And some people will say, well, that's, that's figuratively speaking, Mark. That's not literal. How do you know? Have you been there? <laughs> what if it is literal? What if there really is a cloud of witnesses? What if there really is angels camped around about you? What if there really is someone who's rooting for you where all of the world has rooted against you? Nobody has accepted you. Nobody likes you. And trust me, sometimes you can feel alone even inside of a church building. Sometimes you can feel alone even as you're reading the Scripture. But I want to tell you, God said he would never leave you nor would he ever forsake you. He is on your side. And if God be for us, Paul said, who can be against us? It doesn't matter, right, because God's for us. Be bold. Have courage. Be strong. In fact, God said to Joshua, be very strong. Be very strong and courageous. I was in Colorado with a couple friends in 1994 in Boulder at the Old Promise Keepers event. Morris Chapman from Omaha, Nebraska, was playing the congas and leading the song, Be Bold. Be strong, for the Lord thy God is with you. And to hear 55,000 men sing that, it brought chills up my spine, just like the worship did today. It brought chills just up my spine. I said, dear Jesus, your presence is here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 13. Third, last but not least, is have faith in God. Of course. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Have faith in God. And we say that. We almost say it kind of flippantly. We almost say it kind of passively. Well, have faith in God. Well, faith and authority are connected by will and desire. Have faith in God. Let's go to Mark, the first chapter for a second. Let's read 40, 41 and 42. I like Mark because he's a bottom liner. He doesn't go through the birth. He doesn't go through the genealogy of which we need. And maybe it's because that's my namesake, Mark, but he's only 16 chapters, so he gets right into Jesus' ministry. And this is like the third, fourth, fifth chapter of other books of the Bible. But right here he says, Then a man with a serious skin condition, it's leprosy, by the way, and he's got to stay socially distant six feet away, okay? He came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing. Be, he told him, be clean. Immediately the disease left him and he was healed. Now let's go to verse number 40 for one more time. Just a second. Can we go back to 40? It says, listen to this for a second. If you are willing, you can make me clean. We hear that. We read it. 
And I think this is part of what we have as faith in God. If you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing. But see, I think sometimes Christ followers invert a couple words, okay? If you can, Lord, will you make me clean? No, God already can do it through Christ. It's not if you can, it's if you're willing. And Jesus said, his will on earth be done as it is in heaven. So if we know it's God's will for you to have a job, for you to be healed, for you to have a good marriage or be successful in relationships, if we know it's God's will for you to persevere to the end, to make it from year five to year 40, if you know that it's God's will, and it is, and it is God's will, then why not understand that we have to say, Father, if it's your will, I know you can. Not, Lord, if you can, would you please? And sometimes we put the can where the will is, and the will needs to be where the can is. Father, if you're willing, Jesus, if you're willing, if it's your, if it's your will that I take this job, if it's your will, Lord, that we pay this bill, if it's your will, Father, Lord, that we start this business, if it's your will, Whatever your will is, Father, if it's your will, I know you can. I know you can do it. So I think sometimes we invert it because we allow fear to get in the way, and we're not sure. That's a, and that's a, that's a bold prayer. It's tough to have faith in God. Again, I've been there. I've, I'm, I'm still there. We're still there. We're walking through things. We're walking through issues, and I'll tell you in just a second. But there's something here about faith in God. When the lepers decided to get up and go into the camp, basically all of heaven shook. And they started to make a noise that the Syrians heard. Now, there's a key verse here. Go to verse number 41 again. Jesus moved with compassion. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus, so heaven doesn't have to shake now because heaven in Jesus is on earth. Now Jesus is shaking with compassion. Let me give you this. You might want to write it down. Fear shakes us, but faith shakes heaven. Fear shakes us. And you've seen people that are nervous. You've seen people that are, man, I don't, I'm so nervous of what the doctor is going to say. I'm, I'm so nervous if, if I'm going to get a check this week. I'm, I'm so nervous. Am I going to be able to find a job? I'm, I'm so nervous. And trust me, I've been there. I'm not mimicking you. I'm not mocking you. I've been there. I broke out in hives because I've been there. I understand it. But fear only shakes us. Fear gives our hand to the enemy. Faith shakes all of heaven, and in a good way. And all of a sudden, there's some sifting going on. There's some shifting going on. There's God moving the checkers or the, ch or the chess pieces around. He's starting to make a way for you where there seems to be none. <laughs> Janie and I were eating breakfast just a couple weeks ago. and we're doing this keto deal, and it's, she's an amazing cook, and so she cooks all these great things that still taste normal, and then she makes a coffee for us in the morning. It's a nice coffee, and it's the best tasting coffee there is. I, I, it's just amazing. So they had the Aussie coffee here, and it just got finished with breakfast and a couple of weeks ago, and we had filed for an SBA loan in, in uh, Harvard and the Lakers, and those guys all beat us out. And I'm thinking... We got seven full-time employees. 
we got to make sure that they get paid. They got house payments. They got car payments. We got a downtown building that runs us thirty-five thousand a month in construction costs. I got to get that. I got to get those things paid. We got people. I'm assuming, and I haven't heard that probably aren't making the same money that they were. So that that wears on us. We got people that have health issues that wears on us. And the devil started to flood my mind with these thoughts. It was breakfast time. (laughs) I took a drink of her coffee, and I smiled inside myself, and I said, Lord, I'm so excited to see how you're going to work all this out. Because when I was 24, as the worship team comes back, I used to think I had to do it. Now that I'm 59, I know I don't have to do it. I know it's all on God. And I want to tell you the same thing today, church. You have faith in God. He will never, ever, ever, ever let you down. And we're not going to read further, but later on that same verse, that same chapter, those four lepers that came in, the Syrians all ran because they were afraid, and that's the enemy. He'll run from you because of your faith. He'll, he'll run away. And the lepers look at each other, and they said in verse number 9, this is a good day. This is a day of good news. And that's my prayer for you today, that this would be a day of good news, that maybe this message would inspire you, or maybe Colonel Sanders, or maybe Marie Callender, or maybe Oprah Winfrey, but maybe something that was said today or spoken or read, or you heard maybe four lepers who are ready to die, maybe they inspire you to say, this is a day of good news. Why? Because God's on your side. When he loves you, it's always going to work out. It will always work out. Father, I pray right now for every person with the sound of my voice, every person that's watching or listening to this message, this service. God, would you allow them? Would you give them peace inside that passes all understanding, a peace that only you can give? The world can't take away. The world doesn't even understand it. Lord, a peace that just delivers, Lord, the hearer today to know, Lord, you're on their side. If they don't know you, Lord, let them call upon your name. He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus' name we pray. God bless you today.
receive that word today and walk by faith, never ever give up. Uh, uh, I thank you for your weekly support, and I want to pray for a blessing over you today, those you support. Again, if you watch online and you're from a different church, denomination, you give to that church, denomination. Uh, if you'd like to give, go ahead and give. There's some giving sites on there, but uh, for those of you who are regular attenders of Grace Church, thank you for your weekly support. I want to pray a blessing over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights from above, and we receive that gift right now. We thank you in advance, Father, not only for the blessing of each person, the giving of each person, but the blessing back of each person. Father, we stand in agreement, and we stand by faith of God through this thing. Those that are looking for jobs will find better jobs. Father, those that are walking in faith, Lord, will have greater faith. Father, I speak life right now into every situation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you again next time. Thank you for joining us for today's service. 
If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.